Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to week nine of the Lap Down podcast. As always, I am your host, Greg Farmer. And with me tonight is Jamie, Will, What's up? Ben. And we have a special guest with us tonight, Mr. Tino. Um, How are we doing, folks? We get, before we get into uh, formal introductions, again, um, special shout out to uh, Mr. Will for writing our intro song. His, and the Alkali Project is doing amazing things out there. So be sure to check them out on Spotify and iTunes. I believe they have a Patreon as well. And um, check out their latest album, The Blood World, whenever you get the chance. But um, Mr. Tino, welcome into the lap down. How you doing? Pretty good. Thank you guys for having me, man. Appreciate you guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you, man. So uh, where are you from? I'm from uh, Charleston, South Carolina, a little, a little bit farther from Charleston, South Carolina. But I tell everybody Charleston because nobody knows the little town of Somerville, South Carolina. I know the town of Somerville, South Carolina. I've been through there. I'm not too okay. far down from the. I'm not too far down the road from you. I'm down over here in uh, Northwest Georgia, man. Okay, yeah, yeah. My grandpa lives down there in uh, near Vidalia, so it's. I love Georgia. You know this South area. So I love that area. Nice. Yeah, man. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did uh, how did you get into NASCAR, man? Uh, I all started with my dad. He was a big Jeff Gordon fan. And uh, he used to work at the racetrack, you know, Darlington, Rockingham, Charlotte. And uh, he'd take me any chance he could. And I'd just walk through the gate. And he knew the guy. He knew the security, like the head of security, Micah Haley at the time. Yeah. Uh, and he would just, I'd just sit by my dad and watch the race in areas, you know, nobody else could. And that's pretty much where it all started, was right there sitting by my dad, watching him work. You know, that was it, man. I just, I just, that's how it all started, man. I became a fan. Who's your, um, who's your favorite driver growing up and who's your current favorite driver? Favorite driver growing up, Jeff Gordon, you know. Watching him race, I've never seen him win a race in person, unfortunately. But uh, I've seen him come close a couple times. And my current driver, Chase Elliott, man, gotta love him. You know, I had all started 2014 uh, when he was racing in the Xfinity Series at Darlington. I was sitting in the front row with, with my buddies, pretty much mass mass drunk. I ain't gonna lie to you, and. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, Chase Elliott came from sixth to first in a green-white checker to win it. And that's when I said, you know what? This is the guy I'm going to watch. Then he took over the 24 car and then, you know, big fan of Chase Elliott, man, for sure. Yep. Yeah, that, that's how I was when I got into NASCAR. Um, my favorite driver growing up was Dale Jr. And um, my first race that I ever watched was the 04 Daytona 500 where he won. And I was just like, I'm going to follow this guy right here. And he was my guy all the way until he retired. And now I'm an Alex Bowman fan. Well, oh yeah, uh, welcome in. It's going to be a great show. Uh, how's everyone else doing tonight? I'm doing great. We'll just get a thumbs up. <laughs> um, so, um, gentlemen, we had Atlanta this past weekend. And let me tell you what a race that was on Sunday. Um, I was there in person and um, 
I have to say that was probably one of the most incredible races that I have witnessed in person. Um, and I've been to many races from Bristol to Charlotte, to Daytona, to Talladega, New Hampshire. And that one pretty much took the cake, man. They were, you know, we, we talked about it in last week's show about uh, handling uh, possibly becoming an issue as the track aged. And it definitely showed on Sunday. Um, guys were losing it by themselves. Uh, Keselowski lost it a couple times. Um, I think Busher lost it. Um, but I mean, there were a few instances where some drivers had help. I mean, obviously they had the big one on lap two, um, that began, uh, with a stack up effect. Apparently Todd Gilliland, um, just decided to check up in the middle of the trial, uh, to let his teammate come up and it caused a massive stack up that took out or damaged at least 16 cars, which they said on record is the biggest crash in Atlanta Motor Speedway history. Um, and going over some notes from the weekend, uh, the cup race, there were five cars in the cup series race on Sunday that were not involved in an incident out of 37 cars that entered. So 32 were involved in some sort of incident. Um, but I mean, the, the racing product on Sunday was absolutely incredible. Um, they were four wide at one point, Austin Sendrick made a bonsai move going into turn one, took them four wide to take the lead. And then they were still four wide for a good lap and a half or so. But what everyone's talking about right now is the finish of the race on Sunday. Um, yeah, man. They had a late race caution and they took restart with about five laps to go. And uh, Daniel Suarez was the control car, but Ryan Blaney quickly got the lead back and he led up until the white flag and going down the back stretch, him and Suarez were side by side for the lead. And then Kyle Busch decided to shoot the middle and from the back stretch through turns three and four and to the start finish line, they were three wide. And they, that's how they crossed the finish line. And it ended up being Daniel Suarez by a matter of about two inches or three one thousandths of a second, which I believe they said is the third closest finish in NASCAR history. Uh, so starting with Jamie, how do we feel after Sunday and that incredible race? Well, I mean, if you don't like that, if you don't like the the action that's on the track, if you don't like... Uh, just some really good drivers uh, doing their thing and staying safe to the best of, of their ability, but still running inches from from each other. Then that's not that NASCAR is not for you. I'm just going to say it that way. However, um, I don't know if th- if this style would work at every track. Um, it's one of those, it's one of those things where if every track was like this, then it kind of takes the specialness of what they've built in Atlanta away. Now, I think with the, with how Atlanta is configured and, uh, the, the asphalt, uh, deteriorating 
Um, I don't know that they can keep this up with this level of competition that they had because the track just continues to deteriorate at a quicker pace than they expected, which was a product of what we saw uh, early on in the race. Uh, I think I think it was like two laps in was when you had the big one happen. And it's just that, that like all, all morning and everything like that, the driver said that this is not a fun track for drivers. It's fun for the fans. It's fun for us to just sit back and watch the action happen, but it's not fun for the drivers. So, uh, but overall, I was, I was, I, I enjoyed the race as a fan. Uh, I popped on uh, our good friend Ryan's uh, YouTube page, and we were kind of giving uh, live reactions to the race as we were watching it. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But there, there are some questions we have. But I'll say that for a later discussion. Um, well, yeah, um, I, I don't think that this needs to be for every mile and a half track. Um, Dale Jr. went on record and said that this, this is an anomaly. Like this is like a one in a, like a unique situation that Atlanta's in. He, he, he went on record on his podcast yesterday and said that Marcus Smith had a choice, um, either dig it up and repave it to bring fans back or shut it down completely because Atlanta was dying. It was on its deathbed. And um, to make light on one of the points that you just said about drivers saying that it wasn't fun and stuff, there were drivers after the race who were even involved in crashes who said that they had a blast out there. Like they, they had, they said that was the most fun they had on a racetrack in a long time. Even Kyle Larson, who were like super speedway is not his forte. Uh, it seems to be like the crash always seems to find him at a super speedway. But uh, Daniel Suarez called in to the Dale Jr. Download yesterday and he, he hit it spot on. He said that this is not, Atlanta's not a super speedway, but it's not a mile and a half either anymore. It's a hybrid of the two. And he said, that's what makes it so special. Yeah, and I also want to chime in. Like, it's, I think we're we're in a in a great era for NASCAR, a great era when it comes to the drivers that they have uh, got on the track. You don't, they're like, yes, people can use tier systems and things like that, but very rarely now do we have like that guy who's just going to be out there that we know is going to get in the way and potentially just wreak havoc because he doesn't know how to handle the car so i think what we saw at atlanta is a not not to the extent so don't don't get me wrong not not every race is going to have three wide finishes or anything like that but what we saw at atlanta with the new builds of the cars with the level of competition that we have amongst the different drivers i think we're in for a great season. I think we're in for a very competitive season, uh, unlike years past. I, I agree. Um, Will, what are your uh, thoughts on Sunday's race? Thought it was fun. Uh, I actually got to watch it with my grandmother, uh, and she uh, kept asking me, "Where's that Wallace guy?" The whole race. Uh, that was fun. Uh, Got to uh, watch Bubba up there fighting 
in the top five, but not in the top five to get his lap back. That was fun. Five was Ross there. When he decided to I was say he was he was a lap down most of the race. Yeah, and he was racing through the field. If he wasn't a lap down at that point in the race, he would have been like sixth. Uh, and then Ross decided to punt Chase out of the way, and that got Bubba his lap back. So thanks, Ross. Uh, sorry, uh, Chase. Uh, and you definitely yeah, couldn't yeah. miss that money line car. No, that's <laughs> that's my big theory. Is as as I'm sitting there watching the race on TV, and I've got the stream of his uh, in car or hood cam, whatever it's called. Uh, as I've got that on my phone, I can see how the lights beam off of that bright blue car. Every wreck from halfway forward happened like right beside Bubba. He wasn't the he. You could argue he maybe got loose and caused Josh Berry to crash, but that's skill issue on Josh Berry's uh, part. Uh, I think that bright blue car just blinded people to the point that they just drove into each other. I think that's what caused most of those issues. So, but I'm I'm very happy with the result. Good for Daniel. Uh, he needed that. Oh, Every single video I saw talking about silly season for 2024 and what drivers in the hottest seat, the hot the hot seat for this year. Daniel was at the top of every single list. And I, I hope he shut that shit up because he deserves a ride in the Cup Series. He's he's a great dude, and he's friends with Bubba again. So I guess I have a bias for him, just like I do Chase and Ryan Blaney. Uh, but uh, good for him. Uh, good for uh, uh, NASCAR having that uh, that moment, that viral moment with that. I, I think that's uh, good for the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy that Suarez won. He's you know one of the good guys in NASCAR, and uh, but I gotta say, you know, seeing my driver get wrecked on lap two was you know pretty disappointing. Um, yeah, I was there too. But but come the end of the race, um, I I was there with my son, and he is a Ryan Blaney fan. And I gotta tell you, come Sunday evening, I was never more of a bigger Ryan Blaney fan than I was in that moment because I was really, really hoping that he could pull that off. And, you know, my son could see him, you know, like get a win in person, you know, and all he kept saying the entire trip home was all Blaney needed was two inches, daddy. And, um, but yeah, uh, it it was really, really good for Suarez. Um, and uh, speaking of Ross punting Chase Elliott, you should have heard the crowd when uh, Chase got spun the first time. Um, they 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 let out bigger boos for Ross Chastain than they did when Bubba Wallace got introduced during driver introductions. This speaking of that, uh, we were sitting there, me and my grandma chit chatting back and forth uh, as the the build up to the race was happening, and you could hear through the TV like a. Or whatever. I'm like, oh, they must have just introduced Bubba to the crowd. That's probably what that was. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Uh, ben, um, I know you mentioned you didn't get to see it, but I heard you listen to it. Uh, what did yeah, you uh, it was think? Exciting. How did uh, how did um, like so the track has a PA system and they you know broadcast the PRN on the speakers, but I couldn't hear anything as far as what they were saying when the cars came by me. So what did the the broadcast sound like? The broadcast sounds great. 
Um, I'm not sure if the guy from Milford, Delaware was there this weekend. I know he was there the first race in Daytona. It's pretty cool to hear your own hometown guy. I, I think I think he does. I think he does uh, MRN um, all of the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all of the SMI races like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Las Vegas and stuff are done by PRN. So they okay. have a different crew. It, it definitely sounded better. It was it was more excitement. They sounded more excited than the MRN crew. It was definitely different. Yeah, but the finish um, was the finish was great. Yep. Um, now, Doug, uh, Doug Rice, the lead on PRN, uh, gets real excited and paints a really good picture um, when something's happening. But I got, I got to say, on MRN, Dave Moody and Mike Bagley, when a wreck happens, they it's like it's like the end of the world when they burst onto the microphone to tell us what's going on, you know. And, <laughs> and it's it, it's incredible because they can really paint a picture. Sometimes, like. Like, I like watching it on TV and, you know, listening to the TV booth. But sometimes, you know, I'll mute it and put on the damn radio broadcast because they seem to just paint a better picture of what's going on. Yeah. But uh, I've done that, too. That was mostly because I was tired of hearing Daryl Waltrip uh, spew yeah. random things that had nothing to do with the race going on the entire time. It's, it's always For, fun listening no. to the radio broadcast. Vortex theory. <laughs> um mr uh tino uh what are your uh, thoughts and feelings on uh the race on sunday you are muted sir i was at atlanta like last year man i gotta say atlanta is the track to be at since they repaved it i mean it's just exciting three wide racing you know most of the time they're three wide they're bumping they're they're you know they're touching each other every lap it's unbelievable racing for like especially if you have young kids like yourself you said it's just so exciting for like you know the whole family to come and go to atlanta motor speedway and just watch these cars you know just freaking sideways coming out the corner and wrecking on lap two i mean that's i mean that's crazy you never really see that happen you know anywhere else so Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yeah, that's Thomas Cup stats. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, you know, Dale Jr., you know, said, you know, Atlanta was the hottest ticket in NASCAR. And, you know, he, he said it again on it on the Dale Jr. download this week. You know, he's like, normally I would tell people to go to like Bristol or Martinsville. Or he's like, no, I'm sending them to Atlanta, you know. <laughs> and to touch on something that Jamie said a minute ago about the, uh, the aging of the track and stuff like that. Um, Denny Hamlin, uh, during Actions Detrimental on Monday, said that they are getting ready to do a tire test at Atlanta either in the spring or early summer, where they are supposed to be bringing a softer tire for the summer for the September race, the playoff race. Um, which um, they mentioned something a lot about a little bit of tire fall off during Sunday's race. But it wasn't that much. But if they bring a softer tire, he's thinking with the the age progression of the asphalt and the softer tire, we might see more tire fall off and guys struggling just that much more. And then there's going to be like so much more on the line because it's the first race of the playoffs. Yeah, that adds a completely new strategy piece uh, just in time for playoffs. Just what every driver wants to have is another curveball thrown at them. And then now the pressure is at its most peak. 
Yeah, for sure, man. Because you know they already yeah. they haven't they didn't have much trouble with tires, thank goodness. But they did have a lot of trouble with fuel this time around, like fuel saving <laughs> issues. You see, uh, Rally Herps uh, ran out of gas on lap one hundred and sixty, and Cole Custer uh, ran on fumes just thereafter. You know, there a lot of people were having trouble saving gas, and so you know to have that yeah. aspect added onto it is going to be making Atlanta Motor Speedway one of those tracks you definitely want to be at when you. When it comes around, guys, for sure. Well, the restart pit stops are also going to be uh, a big challenge at Atlanta. Just the way that the track's built. Uh, when they pulled the list uh, during that one green flag stop, I think there was a, like 10 to 15 drivers that all had uh, pit road penalties that, that affected their race overall. And then you even had some yeah. who were crashing trying to get down pit road. Yeah, McDowell and Byron. I mean, Byron yeah. was just an innocent bystander on that deal. But um, so talking about the finish, you know, we all we all saw it. Um, uh, did you have something, Ben? Is there a statistic on um the difference in speeds from the previous year? Um, did they show that? No. I'm not sure. I don't know if they showed it on TV or not. I, I do know. I do know. At one point, they were saying something about the cars were coming off of turn four at about, I want to say like one eighty nine, one ninety, or something like that. But uh, that was over That's the PA. That, that was over the PA system. So I don't know exactly what may have been said on TV. Where were they hitting at Daytona? The were they half throttle or full throttle? Yeah, yeah. There's a question. That's a question you really need to ask. Were they full throttle or twenty percent throttle? As it seems like if they're having gas issues, it seems like they might have been going faster than previous years. Well, well, what Tino was saying, the, the fuel issues, there wasn't really a fuel issue during the cup race. They, they, weren't okay. really, they weren't really saving fuel during the cup race. It was more on the Xfinity Series side on Saturday. But we'll, okay. we'll, get, to that in, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, but, you know, talking about the finish, we all saw it. You know, they were, you know, three wide, third closest finish in NASCAR history, three one thousandths of a second. Um, door bumper clear was talking about it the other day. And they were saying, you know, while it was an exciting finish and, you know, um, I think Brett Griffin said something about the talent level that it, you know, took for those guys to run three wide for half a lap and not wreck each other. It's just, it, it all comes down to the circumstances behind them. Like, you know, granted they're talented drivers and stuff, but the cars are more stuck to the racetrack and, you know, they're easier to drive. I don't, I don't think so. Like, like I said, we saw guys losing it on their own in the, in the middle of the, the, the corners. So, you know, the, the fact that they could run a half a lap three wide and not, touch one another or wreck one another and come across the line within two to three inches of each other's noses is incredible. But I'm going to start with Jamie. Where would you rank this finish among the best finishes in NASCAR history? And we're, we're, and we're talking about, you know, Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch at Darlington, Jimmy Johnson at Talladega. I mean, you could even throw in Gordon and Harvick, Labonte and Earnhardt. Carl Edwards and Jimmy Johnson, you know, where would you rank it? Man, I was I, I was hoping you were going to throw me a bone and just make it <laughs> pertain to just Atlanta. 
Because if you make it just at just to Atlanta, I would argue that that finish is greater than the Harvick Gordon uh, win, where Harvick got hit the first win for GM since the passing of Dale. I would argue that that is better than that finish, not not from an emotional standpoint, but from an overall competitive nature standpoint. That finish was by far superior to that. That is by far the, the best finish that Atlanta's ever had. And they've had some great finishes with with Richard Petty and uh, the likes of all of them as well. But when we're talking about the overall, um, I think for this era, this new generation of NASCAR, this is the absolute best finish that they've had. But if you're talking all time, it's it's definitely in the conversation. It's probably top five, maybe top ten. And when you're talking about the whole history of NASCAR, but I think there, because there, there's some still, there's some old school racing moves that uh, racers have definitely used to win the race um, that will beat this because it, it, it's just a driver manhandling the vehicle and doing whatever means possible to get that dub. Uh, I think of uh, Dale Earnhardt sliding through the grass uh, to still get his win. Uh, I think of um, when Richard Petty uh, clinched his uh, seventh championship win. So you you got special moments that make up great finishes, but in this new era of NASCAR, where they're looking to draw fans, they're looking to grow as with this new generation, this is by far going to be the catalyst to getting new fans to come to NASCAR. Okay. Uh, what about you, Will? You'll have to ask me in 15 more years whenever it's had time to become a classic. Uh, but right now, just off the dome, uh, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's one of the best of the best, like top five, uh, I think the the weight with this one is how unexpected it was. Like you're going down the backstretch, you think, all right, this is going to be Kyle Busch is going to push Ryan Blaney and play it safe and get himself a nice, probably second place or something like that, or or maybe uh, coming off turn four when they're three wide, Bubba's going to throw it down, you know, four wide, and uh, we're going to have a big crash or something like that, like typical. But what makes this one special is they held it together and and uh, just. Uh, that the move Kyle Busch made was just such a surprise uh, because he had Bubba uh, ramming his nose up his ass. Uh, I would I would say it's second for Atlanta, but that's again that's because what was it 2011? What was that? Now I'm old, so I don't know numbers. Uh, 13 years ago when Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon were going at it at Atlanta on a Tuesday. Uh, oh, yeah. That's probably my favorite finish at Atlanta. So I'd say second at Atlanta, and I need more time to think about it for when it comes to all of NASCAR. I don't know where's man. What about you, Ben? Uh, I mean, it all depends on who was watching, what generation was watching. Um, it also depends on if they enjoyed it, did they enjoy hey guys. it? Hey, what's up? Whoa! Do they know the history of the track? You know, it's just 
It's a culmination of everything. I, I agree with Will. It, it's too early to tell right now. Uh, Mr. Tino, do you have an opinion? <clears throat> I definitely don't think it's the best. Well, it's the best finish of all time in Atlanta history. But there's like a lot of great finishes that come behind it. I mean, you got Kevin Harvick with Jeff Gordon in 2001, where he edged out Jeff Gordon. You know, there's so many great finishes at Atlanta. But this one, this weekend, was just a nail biter. You didn't know who was going to win. You're up off your feet. Everybody in the stands up off their. I mean, this is where NASCAR's back, baby. This this is what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I mean, this is the best. This is the best finish in Atlanta history, and I'm hoping that we have some more finishes like this all year, baby. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. So so my 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 take on it, you know, obviously from like being there in person to witness it, you know, was incredible in itself. Just actually seeing it, you know, and and like. For, like I said earlier, for a good 30 to 45 seconds, hardly anybody in the grandstands knew who the winner was because the scoring pylon didn't update right away. And we couldn't really hear anything on the PA system until all the cars had come across, like the stragglers and stuff like that. And then they told us, you know, Suarez won by three one thousandths of a second. Um, well, I'll get back to my radio. Go ahead, Ben. Radio announcers thought it was the other guy. So. Yeah, they immediately was like, oh, it was Blaney. And they're like, yeah, Blaney won. And they're like, wait a minute. They're telling us otherwise. I'm like, yeah, T- TV, TV said the, sa- TV said the yeah, same Boyer. thing. I went back and watched the highlight. And, you know, Kevin Harvick and Clint Boyer both said, I think it's Blaney. You know. Yeah. But I, I would rank it. If we're talking about, like Jamie and Tino said, if we're talking about Atlanta finishes, I would put it at number one. And it, like it, it beats you know, like as as emotional and sentimental as it was, it beats Gordon and Harvick. It beats Earnhardt and Labonte just a year prior. Um, it beats Carl Edwards and Jimmy Johnson when Edwards got his first win in '06. Like that is number one of all time. But as far as all time, for me, I would put it at number three. Number one being Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch at Darlington in '03. And number two, the Bush brothers battle at Kentucky in 2019, I believe, when they were beating the hell out of each other for the final two laps and they were slipping and sliding all over the place. This finish at Atlanta goes number three on my list of all-time finishes. And uh, so can I come in here? Go ahead, JP. Welcome in. Uh, So... Where are we? We're talking about the best finish in Atlanta history. So we were uh, we were ranking the uh, finish from Sunday as far in in terms of the greatest all time finishes in NASCAR. Okay, I uh, I mean personally, I think it's a four. And or four out of ten. Four out of ten. Okay. Um, I I think that clock is going to produce an even better finish this fall when they go back. That's just my prediction. So I have to give this one a four right now until I see the ball race. 
Okay. All right. Well, that leads to a um a couple questions. Um, you know, starting with uh Jamie. Um, in terms of racing product is and the finish and all that stuff is Atlanta becoming the best track on the NASCAR circuit right now? I mean, you got Daytona that is kind of like the the WrestleMania of NASCAR, especially with the Daytona 500. So I don't think it's ever going to top Daytona 500. I think it. I think it very well could top Charlotte for the Coca Cola 600, just because it has that. The only reason the 600 is special is because it falls on. Fourth of July weekend and in the Indy 500 also happens to be the same exact day, but Memorial, so Day. Memorial you, Day weekend. Memorial Day, yeah. Thank you, thank you for correcting me. Um, Wrong America holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the only reason why Charlotte is special in that sense. So when we're talking about marquee tracks that people need to be at, outside of Daytona, Atlanta's it. That for and it has to be the spring race because with the cooler weathers, with the cooler weather, it does it's a difference maker with the type of product that you get on that track. And I look, I I looked up um, stats between the spring and fall race, and the amount of lead changes on the old configuration of Atlanta. You have more lead changes in the spring race than you would on in the fall race, and the gap was by three. So you have three less lead changes come their return to Atlanta in the in later on in the year. So with the new configuration, with how everything is drawing, Atlanta, to my opinion, is now the official start of the NASCAR season. Like, yes, you have Daytona 500 where Everyone's just excited for NASCAR to be back. We're kicking it off in the biggest way possible. But when we're talking about lining up points, racing, may the best man win, Atlanta's it. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, 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 I think you're onto something there, too. Um, I also think it's somewhat weather-dependent, too, because – you, Atlanta is so weather dependent. It's fifty fifty in the spring. Um, and I did a comparison. Um, I was there for the spring race last year, and it was cold. It was about forty five, forty six degrees. It was windy, and the racing was good, but it wasn't that good either. On Sunday. When I was there, it was 67, 68 degrees. There was hardly any wind. The sun was shining on the track the entire day, so it made it hot and slick. You know, I, I think that may have had a factor in the type of racing that we saw. But, you know, I digress. Well, I don't, I don't know if you heard it, but I just want to apologize to anyone who listened to this. If it sounded like, like some some – and un, unseen forces try to hack its way into our yeah, podcast crazy. and speak through our systems. Like that hurt. <laughs> that was crazy. I don't know I where that came hear, from. I didn't even hear anything. I was wondering why you guys you didn't were making hear anything? faces. No. It, it might like have been on from Doom. Yeah, I heard it. 
I don't know. My Xbox mic so, is up. So, you, so to, to describe it, Greg, you know how on uh, – on like t- on like TikTok or Instagram when they have like those paranormal little like videos where it's kind of like spooky background, and then you have that random thing that just kind of run up on the camera that jump scare that, yeah yeah that, that jump scare <laughs> noise take that and increase the pitch volume to as high as you can get it for like a half a second oh wow I was, was I was crazy. wondering why I was wondering why Tino took his headphones off and made a face. So I was like, "What is he doing?" <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't take my AirPod out. <laughs> Anyways, um, back to our topic. Uh, Will, um, what do you think about Atlanta being the best track? It's one of them. Uh, I I still prefer tracks where drivers have to drive. Uh. I'll always be a big fan of Watkins Glen, even if it's a boring ass race. I love the track; it's beautiful. Uh, I love Dover. Dover's great. Uh, and I guess Kansas Dover's is great okay. too. Uh, it's fun. It's fun to drive. I love driving at Dover. Uh, especially when I'm in front of Jamie. Uh, <laughs> that uh, I, I think it's the the best plate track. Or I get if if you can even call it a play track, uh, I forget who you. They're not who, really. They're not really it was plate an tracks anymore. They're not really yeah. plate tracks anymore. It uh yeah. I saw a meme. There was a, a meme. Some I don't know where, but it's uh, I don't know if they were two basketball ball players or or whatever. It's these two do- two tall dudes, and they're standing side by side in Tyler Reddick is standing in and, and they got text overlaid the two tall guys as the say over Tyler Reddick uh because he's so tiny um I, I think it's the better plate track out of the three I, I was at Talladega last fall and he, it was a nail biter of a finish but the race was just so boring so boring what about you Ben What's that again? My favorite track? No, uh, is is Atlanta becoming the best track on the NASCAR circuit? I wouldn't say it's the best track. I mean, excitement wise, I love Bristol. I'm biased. Um, He did say one up. What's up? He did say one up. He didn't say the best, but he said one up the best. One of, I mean, I've always liked Atlanta. I, I, I'm always like drawn to Charlotte, Bristol, Dover. Atlanta's one of the one of the ones I like. But like Will said, I do like Wat, Watkins, little Watkins Glen. Um, it's something different. Um, I would like more road tracks, honestly. I forget how to speak for five seconds, and now nobody can. <laughs> they, they've been they've been posting pictures on their uh, Twitter page, uh, Sonoma. Yes, Sonoma. I, I think I think NASCAR needs to go to Sonoma during the spring. It is absolutely beautiful out there. It is. I think the issue is there's like some some lot or something or some campground out there is like a drainage place, for, and it's really rainy this time of year, which is why it's so green. So it would just be a bunch of people getting stuck. <laughs> in like parking lots, uh, or drivers oh, getting man, that, stuck that, out in the mud. 
that's the risk uh, you take when I you would, go to a race, man. Yeah, so I would love. I, I plan I on love, going to that track. Uh, I think it's uh, next year because uh, we have family that lives in uh, in that part of California and like the Vallejo area. So Sonoma's a hot like half hour drive uh, from Vallejo. So that that's 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 my one of my marquee plans for next year. I would like Laguna Seca. That would be nice. It would be nice for NASCAR to go there. Yeah, I mean, there's some nice, but, decent. But I, I see Will getting ready to. He, he looks like he got traded for a second there. I love Laguna Seca. It's my favorite track in the entire United States. But I do not want to see these dumbasses driving these cup cars try to take the corkscrew. They will kill each other. <laughs> they will all die. Every single one of them. The first lap. I mean. Uh. There's not a lot of, I mean, what other road courses are there in the United States? I mean, other than that, you have to go to another country. Which I wouldn't be opposed to. Barber well, I mean, yeah, so you got Barber over in Alabama. You got Road Atlanta. Um, That's another one. You know, you know, obvi- the obvious ones, Watkins Glen, Sonoma. Um, I don't know if you count the Charlotte Roval um, or the Indy. No. Uh, Road course, I, I would count, even the Daytona road role. course. I would count just legitimate actual road courses that are made road courses. You know, like road America. something. That's that's another one I was thinking of. Yeah, that's another one. So they need to what I heard, they need to go back to Road America. <clears throat> what I heard they used to do back in the day is like for like an all star race, they would run like half a race of like a road course and half the race on the oval. Would that be crazy to see? These I mean, they had to do it and forget. Didn't they do that at Daytona? I mean, they've never done that at Daytona, but they run a part of the oval on the Daytona. I'm talking about running the oval race for like half a race and running half another race, like pretty much some uh, heat races in one yeah, road course and one. Oval. Ben, Ben, what you're thinking about? I think I think it was like I think it was twenty. Let's say it was 2021. There was one after COVID. They yeah. ran the Daytona 500, and then the next week they ran the Daytona Road Course. Okay, they did, and then and then they, and then they ran the Clash on the Road Course as well. Yeah, they they re- first ran the Road Course in 2020 when like restrictions in New York, they couldn't get up there for like COVID, and but they and then they went down to the Daytona Road Course instead to for that weekend. I mean, when I raced the road courses on Gran Turismo, they I think they have the Daytona road course on there, I believe it is, or something. And it seems pretty long as it is. I mean, it's a decent, it's a decent ride. Yeah. When you get to that sharp turn. Yeah, I've run it on a Forza, Forza Motorsport. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Anyways. it's it's cool. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Tino, um, what are your opinions about Atlanta? Being the best track, <clears throat> uh, Atlanta is definitely one of the best best tracks on the circuit. I mean, I would have to say uh, Daytona. Obviously, <laughs> you can't you can you can never look past Daytona or Bristol. You know, two tracks that I just love. Uh, but Atlanta's up there. Uh, since the first time I went to Atlanta was 2015, I actually w- fell in love with Atlanta. So I would say it would probably be my top three three tracks for sure. Uh, Wait, which race did you go to in 2015? I went to uh, 
I think was it the quick trip? No, it wasn't. It was the Folds of Honor. Folds uh, of Honor, five hundred. Yeah, where one in uh, March. Yeah, the one where uh, Jeff Gordon rented three M car. Yep. Yeah, that I was met my Jeff first. Gordon that day. It was hey. awesome. That was my first ever cup race that I got to attend in person, and it was like thirty-three degrees and misting all day. Oh yeah, it was cold. It was very cold that day. Yep. What a good uh, race, though. JP, what do you think about Atlanta? Atlanta is not one of the best race cars, but it's up there for me. Um, I mean, since they went to get new configurations, um, they uh improved it very much so. Uh, I have to say Sunday fans is the best since Carl Edwards and Jimmy Johnson. I think it does beat that, but to say it's the best week clock, again, I'll have to say uh, Maybe not the best week class, but definitely not the worst week class. Just to revert to what we were talking about earlier, uh, Ben said was talking about the road course on uh, Daytona. It's actually 3.57 miles, so I just wanted to put that in there because I just wanted to know what the distance was because obviously it's about two miles Daytona. So It is pretty long. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. If you raced it on the game, I mean, I know it's not real life, but I mean, it's pretty realistic. It, it it's a pretty long lap. Yeah, three. You guys remember Infineon? Infineon. That, that's Infineon. what we're talking about. I don't know. Infineon's well, Infineon Sears Point. I think it, it's it's Sonoma. Sears Point. They just, Sonoma, yeah. they just they just yeah. rena- renamed it. They just renamed it. Yeah, it's Sonoma. It used to be Sears Point back in the dead day. Back in the way day. Yeah. A point that yeah. I want to bring up this blasphemy in, in us Ooh, sitting here. In this question that accidentally became, instead of is Atlanta one of the best, hey, it kind of became what is your hey, favorite racetrack? Uh, hey, Hello? All the heresy of Nutty Darlington was one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't gotten to see Darlington in person, but I always loved uh, <laughs> Darlington. Yeah, well, as- it's probably my favorite racetrack. That and, it, and it's ironic because I haven't been able to get to that track yet. Darlington, oh yeah, and all those older racetracks they don't race that anymore. Dover's probably about to go away soon too, probably. Before, uh, before retired Rockingham was my favorite track, and then I switched it to Darlington once I retired that track. Yeah, Darlington, I, I, um. I got um, one more question before we shift uh, topics here. Ryan, if you can um, uh, mute your mic real quick. Not yep. background noise. Silence. Um, got one more question before we shift topics. Um, will or should other tracks be reconfigured to match or come close to the racing style of Atlanta, Jamie? I don't think other tracks should because, again, that takes away the uniqueness of the challenges that each track provides. Um, 
Now, if they're planning on just restructuring uh, the track, kind of like Auto Club, um, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea for Auto Club to get a hybrid uh, feel for their track, uh, kind of like what Atlanta does. But if you say more more tracks should switch to this configuration, uh, I would say no. I think each track is unique. Each track is beautiful in the sense of the problems that it provides to uh, drivers and the strategies and the tires and uh, everything that we love about NASCAR. It's more than just cars racing fast going left with two inches apart from each other. There's the whole strategy aspect of certain driving styles match better with certain uh, tracks. It's the the type of that type of uh, surface that they're driving on, whether it be concrete, whether it be asphalt, whether it be paved, uh, the banking systems. Then you go into the strategies of the the tire managing tire wear off, along with the track temps and how all, everything that that we love about NASCAR and how in depth it gets. I think you lose that if more more tracks get to the Atlanta style of racing. I would tend to agree. What about you, Will? No. And I don't think they should either. Um, in my honest opinion, that will probably be a very uh, controversial opinion. I think they should find other tracks and rotate tracks in and out because I think it gets boring seeing the same tracks every single year, every time. I mean, granted, it's cool and all, but I think they should introduce new tracks and they should do a rotational track uh, schedule. Go ahead, James. Well, what what, what tracks would that be? Because I, I, mean, I listen to this. I, I've heard this a lot, but... I'm interested to see what tracks would you like to see added and what tracks would you take away from? I mean, I'm sure there's, I mean, I don't know all the tracks that there are in the whole entire like existence, but add like an extra road course, like road of America or add in some other like tracks. Doesn't Xfinity go to tracks that NASCAR like cup series does not go to. I think it's just Portland at this point. Yeah. Portland. Okay. I mean, they can go to Portland. They can try different tracks. I mean, I don't know all the tracks that are out there. But... So let, let's go off the two that you named. If you, they were to add those two to the schedule, what two tracks would you take off the schedule? Well, I would take off one of the extra races. I mean, they don't need an extra Bristol race. I mean, they can always interchange that. I mean, yes, that's controversial too. Um, they can always get rid of one of the extra... Daytona races. The summer race isn't really as popular as the Daytona 500. Um, let's be honest, we can always do an all-star race as well. I mean, uh, Brian, I was, Brian was yeah, saying something. I, don't, I didn't hear anything you said. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, the summer race tends to be the better race, though. The 500 is the iconic one, but tends to be the better racing happens in the summer. The 4th of July race, cracker, Firecracker 400. Chicago's yeah, the I mean, you got to make sacrifices. Now. Which one? Chicago's the 4th of July race now. Yep. 
Yeah, did they go? Didn't they stop going to a racetrack not too long ago? Was it Kentucky? Kentucky, Kentucky was it Chicago? Yeah, and, Kentucky. Uh, yeah, it was Chicago a parking nightmare, and it was just a boring race. Does it still exist? Yeah, Kentucky it's still, still there. Exists. Maybe they Chicago. should restructure the track or something and re and fix the parking. Chicago land. Well, Chicago land. Here's the thing. I stay quiet, and this is a good topic for me to chime in on. Um, Get him, boy. But um, I was going to have a date here coming up, uh, and another track I'd like to see would... Uh, I, I would like to see um, Richmond lose a date. For, um, for, um, for Chicago Land Speedway to get a date. So good. I like that. There would be, uh, like three races in the Midwest if they kept Iowa, they kept the street race. And ag- and threw in Chicago Speedway. Well, that, that's another thing they can do is they can add in the, the man-made road courses that they like to do. They can always switch that out and do that too. I mean, there's so many different things. They need to switch it up a little bit. Streets of Starkville, mm-hmm. please. Well, well um, they did. Go ahead, Ron. Sorry. My go-to would probably be to look at the mile and a halfs and maybe reduce some of them to have two races. Like, for example, maybe a Kansas doesn't need two dates, so Las Vegas maybe doesn't need two. Before cutting dates away from the short tracks, which we only have three of that are true short tracks. Yeah, I agree. Um, Steve Phelps, the president of NASCAR, did say the other day, that they are currently working on the 2025 schedule. And he did drop a bomb that said that one of the three series, and he was mainly hinting at the Cup Series, will be racing in Montreal, Mexico City. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. And somewhere in Southern California next year. Where that is, is to be determined. And I may be with you, Ben, and maybe say one of the street courses down there like Laguna Seca. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. All there's, right. There's well, no, it's not going to be Laguna Seca, but I'm trying to get my internet to pull up so I can tell you where it would be. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that. Let, let me... I got my computer handy. You, you won't know. You won't know, but I know. <laughs> what? You got it? Okay. Okay. Say it, Will. Okay. It is a little town called Thermal, California. They have a track. A little club there called the Thermal Club. IndyCar is racing there this year. 
if it's a road course they're going to in Southern California, it's going to be this place. It is in Riverside County. That's all yeah. you have to that rings any bells. They're going to bring back Riverside Speedway? No, Riverside Speedway is gone. It's like a parking lot or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh-oh. Irwindale? It, it's, uh, it's, it's like this rich guy is taking their expensive car track thing thermal club they're they're doing a non-points race uh for the indy car series there called like the thermal challenger the million dollar thermal challenger or whatever it's like the second or third event of the season this year uh but if they go to southern california and it's a road course that's where it's going to be i don't know where else they would go in southern Looking california up, unless they riverside like, international um, raceway yeah riverside's gone the road course. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It's been gone a long time. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was looking at cool the racetracks in California, and they had Bakersfield has some tracks. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Southern Cali, so I don't know. It could also be uh, Long Beach. Uh, <laughs> they would die trying oh, to go around that fountain. That'd be so fun. Yeah, it would. That, that could be where they're going. Yeah, as long as they have uh, Snoop Dogg do the pre-race. I'm looking at the map of all these races. Hey, uh, Ryan was saying something. Go ahead, Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. Oh, yeah, I was saying that I would much prefer Long Beach over the Thermal Club for one reason only, and it's fan accessibility. Because tickets to Long Beach, while they might be expensive, there's virtually no fan access at the uh, thermal club unless you're paying a couple thousand bucks. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and move into our uh, next topic of the night. It's our team of the week. Uh, and this is. Uh, Basically, what this is is we focus on one team a week. Um, this week we are focusing on front row motorsports. Now uh, we have seen over the last couple of weeks. Granted, uh, Daytona and Atlanta are, are you know technically speedways and stuff, and anybody can be good at the speedways. But uh, Michael McDowell has qualified on the front row um, for the Daytona 500, and he got his first career pole at Atlanta um this past weekend um and during the atlanta race on sunday todd gilliland led a career high 58 laps which is the most laps that anybody led on sunday um front row motorsports recently they were partnered with um rfk racing in 2023 through the alliance but over the off season they switched their alliance to pitsky racing and during or just before the Daytona 500, they announced that they became a tier one OEM partner with Ford. Um, so, you know, you have the Wiley veteran Michael McDowell racing for them. And then they've had kind of like a rotating revolving door of drivers for the 38 with Todd Gilliland and Zane Smith. And I think John Hunter Nemechek did a year there. Um now that it seems like they finally settled down on their driver lineup, um, could Front Row Motorsports be becoming a top performing Ford team in the Cup Series? Uh, Jamie. So, 
I think they're definitely on the verge of having a breakout season. I don't necessarily will say that they will be a top team until everything's said and done. However, one thing that I will say is between the two drivers and two races, they've already led 107 laps, which is three shy of their full season record last year. So obviously, uh, they they're they're getting they they have the speed. Uh, me and Ryan were talking about this uh, on his YouTube page. Michael McDowell is now not just uh, oh he's he's going to be a guy who's just going to be there and maybe get like a top fifteen, maybe on a top ten on a good day kind of driver. He's he's now got the speed and the talent to uh, compete week in and week out. And then we look at the team like Ty Gillen. When was the last time that uh, a team like Front Row with their second driver who is able to put it on and run up front the with the amount of laps that he was able to run? So I would say if we were to put them in a – in a competition form, I would say they they would be they they now be in the categories of like track house and twenty three eleven two car teams that have winning caliber talent. I would probably put front row in in that uh, bracket of teams. Okay. What about uh, what about you, Will? They're pretty cool. Uh, they're all right. Uh, I like Michael. Uh, I, I think they. Uh, I, I think they're good plates. They they've got a good uh plate track program going right now, and with with this car, uh, being a real real drivers car, the real drivers track have the real drivers come to the front like Michael McDowell did at like Phoenix and Bristol. Uh. I, I need to be uh, more convinced on more conventional tracks like Las Vegas. Uh, I still need to be convinced they can really actually compete there uh, with with like the Toyotas and Hendrick Motorsports at those kind of tracks. Uh, but they're cool. What about you, Ben? I, I'm on the same side as Will right now. I, I feel like it's still time needs to be uh, written for them. Uh, McDowell's good. I mean, in my eyes, I think he's still just an average driver on an average team. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to get anywhere unless he moves on to a different team that has better parts, better performance, and has a better track record. That's just my opinion. I think it's. I think the team's holding him back. Let me let me let me ask you this real quick. Um. So I can't remember who it was. I think it was Jamie who was saying something about the hot seats. Um, I think we all know who the biggest hot seat was besides Daniel Suarez, and that was Austin Cendrick. Um, I, you know, I get that his dad is like the president of Penske Racing or whatever his title is over there. Um, but if he doesn't start performing and they decide to let him go with the Alliance, do you think maybe they tap Michael McDowell to jump in the two car? 
<laughs> That's a big spot to fill. That's a lot of uh, pressure. Uh, I think Harrison Burton's on the chopping block well before they get rid of Cindric. With, yeah. with Michael McDowell being as, as uh, religious as he is, would he be okay with driving the Keystone light car? <laughs> um, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I met McDowell on Sunday. Uh, me and my son did. Uh, he come out to the uh, fan zone and was signing autographs. And uh, he was a really super nice guy, real down to earth uh, type of guy. Really, really, really freakishly tall, too. You just made Ryan super jealous. <laughs> yeah, you just make Ryan super jealous. <laughs> I missed him at the 2019 race. I was there at the in the fan zone while he was doing a, a uh, Q&A session. And I missed him as he was going off the uh, stage. Oh, well. Tom Gilliland is very tall, too. Yeah. No, me and my son were just happened to be walking right by the little vendor booth that they had set up. And this lady just starts calling out, all right, the line to meet Michael McDowell starts right here. He'll be here in 10 minutes. And I looked at my son. And I was like, all right, let's get in line. And we were like the second group in line. Nice. Like we met him like almost immediately. I've got pictures. I'll put them in the group chat later. But um, Tino, uh, what are your thoughts about um, Front Row becoming a top team, a top Ford team? Uh, I think Front Row Motorsports has one star, one star driver and one upcoming driver with Todd Gilliland. You got obviously t- Michael McDowell as being the star driver, and uh, he's got so many Nick, uh, you know, love travel stop. Just did, did a deal with him for the multi year deal for the first time ever. They've been doing year to year deals, uh, before that, but Michael McDowell got a multi year deal with them, so that's that's pretty nice, uh. I think that front row front row motorsports can be something. They're gonna probably need a little more backing, a little more money, a little more funding, obviously. Uh will Michael McDowell step into two car? That's a heavy possibility. He has all this backing with the Love's Travel Stop, you know, Roto Rooter, Max Liner, different, you know, big uh deals there that can ride along with him over to Penske if he went. And he's definitely a good driver. Good enough driver to win at Penske. Easy. Now, um, you know, obviously, you know, McDowell's been around for a while. Um, we, you know, we all know he got real famous after his uh, qualifying wreck at Talladega, Texas. Texas. And that was in 2008. So we're talking 16 years. Now, we've seen, you know, here recently the average – career for a cup series driver is somewhere between the 15 to 20 year range. So we're in that range right now. If, you know, like Tino just said, McDowell had the contract extension with front row and all that. If he were to just decide he was done racing, who do you think would be tapped to drive that 34 car? Would they move? Oh, easy, easy. I mean, it's just a question. I already know it's somebody. A, yep. What's wrong with that uh, question? <laughs> no. Go ahead, JP. Um, I, I, I will think 
guy is going to be uh Mr. Um uh who took over the thirty eight clock for game slip. Lane Riggs? Um, Lane Riggs. I it's like his first year. I I I think isn't he I only think, 19 years old or something? Alright, so you know who's ready you know who's ready to take over that thirty-four car had he retired this year? Matt Crafton. Matty Matty D. Easy. Easy? I think Easy. so. I mean he had two opportunities to win. Obviously he came up short, but I mean how many other young drivers do you know came up that close to winning a NASCAR race? I mean, besides freaking the lucky guy, uh, that that guy who came in and won that uh, his first try last year at the road course. What was his name? Shane Van Gisbergen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. he's very talented, Van, obviously. But Shane Van Cheeseburger. He's like forty. Yeah, for for a young driver to come in almost win, and what I think he was with Wood Brother at that time. Wood Brothers is absolutely like just you know shocking and outstanding i think he needs another opportunity and a better ride maddie d uh, he 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 actually so before he was in the 21 he was in the 95 and he almost won bristol that's when it was yeah 95 yeah that was crazy and, and i was pulling for him and before that he was driving the 32 car for go fast racing and he finished eighth at bristol so bristol was kind of like his like sweet spot if you think about it yeah, yeah. Yeah. At Bristol in a uh, BK racing car as well, the number 23 or 83, one of those two cars. Yeah, he's never never been in a decent ride, man. And I think Matty D got his head chopped off this year to get his opportunity, and he's hungry, and he's he's ready to get in a car. Matty D, if you're listening to me, dog, I'm pulling for you, man. Get back in the car. We love you, man. See, I met I met uh, Matty D. Keep your fucking mouth shut, Matt. Um, I I I met him at Charlotte, um, back in I think it was 2018. And may I say, he is like freakishly tall and like seriously jacked, like Ryan Newman jacked. But um, I was actually there to witness him get his first Truck Series win for the 25 back in uh, 2022. At, okay. Uh, Talladega. That, That's that awesome. was really cool to see. Yeah. But um, going back to our topic here, um, <laughs> yeah, I have an idea. Go ahead. McDowell can take over the Liberty University uh, car. Liberty. Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> Wasn't that weekend that Matt won that race like the same weekend that uh Brandon Brown won and Bubba won their first races as well? Mm-hmm. No. No. Uh, no. No. That was twenty twenty one. I'm thinking. No. Of the, I'm thinking of the year before. Yeah. Was the question if uh, if McDowell were to retire this year or next year? It, it just like any point in the next two to three years. So if he was to retire, I think it it like like we we talk about Maddie D. We talk about uh some some of those guys who would like to have a bounce back or a redemption year similar to how Noah Gregson's getting one. Um it, but if you're looking at like the the Xfinity guys, I would say Chandler Smith would probably be the guy. Um I know JGR uh I've seen reports where once MTJ decides to retire, that's their guy who's going to be taking over the nineteen. 
So, but I'm, but if an opportunity were to present itself prior to NTJ leaving, it would, I, I would like to see Chandler Smith getting into it. Is there, are there any Ford teams in the Xfinity series, really? Yeah, you not really, no. This, the, uh, 98. Yes. Ryan got like the only Ford team, them and AM racing. So Haley Deegan can take over the 34. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would go for it. Uh, going back to our topic. Would you take Haley quick, Deegan though, or Natalie uh, Decker? Haley Deegan. I would go for that. Neither one of my type. I've met <laughs> Natalie before. She's cool, but I think Haley Deegan is definitely a better driver. Sorry, Natalie. She's a better driver regardless. Like Greg's video cut out. I think he's tired of us. <laughs> but hey, are we not forgetting about Eric Jones? He's already in a cup car. Yeah, he's, he's in a cup on. car, but hey, can he not transfer it to a different car? He's in a freaking 43. He's better fucking not. This is the chance he's got now. <laughs> oh, heck no. He could go over to the 19 all day long because you not see him in a 19 car. They kicked him out already. Oh, they go back if they want to win a championship. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Yo, what is going on tonight? <laughs> like, what the? What is going what? on? <laughs> could it? Could it be great? Hey, uh, can you just check your messages, Jamie, for me? <laughs> you sound out. Yo. You, it was just like it sounded like someone had a had a trach in their neck, like. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> Sounds like we're at their dubstep concert. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, it is great. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> Greg. <laughs> Dude, it sounds like you, it's a dang alien mic. Switch to your AirPod, Greg. Because uh, that headset ain't working for you, bro. <laughs> you, you sound like the Peanuts teacher. It's like an Xbox voice changer from 2008. Yeah, yeah, those Xbox changers were legit. They were legit. I used to race with TJ Majors on NASCAR 09 and Xbox, and he had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin used to pretend he was a girl, and they were using one of those voice masks. It was great. Pretty hot. Those were the days. <laughs> No, it didn't fix itself. You still sound like the Peanuts character. You might need to come back or unplug it and replug it back in. Whatever mic you had before worked fine. <laughs> I think he was using his AirPod. I don't know if it died on him or not. Yeah, probably. Any better now? Yes. Hey, there we go. Yep. Okay. Well, that's Sorry about that. <laughs> no, so so my AirPods died and I had to switch to my headset. Anyways, um, so let's get back on track here. Um, <laughs> Was that a pun? Uh, I like it. Sorry, sorry to our so, sorry to our listeners for the technical difficulties. Um, uh, Jamie, you uh you made a point a few minutes ago about uh front row being like on the verge of being a top team. Um. Could could they be a force to be reckoned with here soon? 
Um, like I said, I think only time will tell. Like, we, we, we only have a small sample size, right? And both of them are kind of super, super speedway-esque type driving. Um, but just the, the way that they have performed, um, we weren't really sure what they were going to have with uh, their new partnership with Penske and things like that. And it's definitely paying dividends. Uh, for the team, again, I I think if the trend continues, then yes, um, there'll be a force to reckon with. Again, just like twenty three eleven can win at any given point, just like Trackhouse can win at any given point, um, and it could it, it'll it'll be one of those things that only time will tell. Um, but Michael McDowell, I, I disagree with Ben. I think McDowell is an above-average driver who's, who was considered to be stuck in an average equipment. But with his, uh, with, with his le- level of skill that he has, uh, with his uh, new uh, connection with uh, Penske and Ford, I think that um, this is going to be a breakout year for their group. Now, what that breakout looks like, that that could be up for debate. But uh, I think this year we're we're going to be seeing a lot more front row being talked about in a week in week out basis. What about you, Ben? I feel like Drag could be a top ten finishing team for sure for the year. The McDowell team in the front row. McDowell, McDowell for sure. I mean, they're, I think they're doing better than everybody's expectations. I mean, he's McDowell himself has improved. I mean, I like McDowell. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's that bad of a driver at all. I, now, if he was on a different team, I think he'd be a, a better driver. I mean, it's not that he's not a good driver now. I do say he's average, but that's just because of who he's the team he's on. It, it's holding him back. Oh, uh, what about you, Will? I think front row and McDowell, uh, I think there's one thing they've been having to do since they got into the uh, Cup Series. I've had a shot, so I'm kind of more courageous now. Uh, they've been having to do this. They've been having to play. Catch up. Catch up. So I think now that they've got this Tier 1, whatever it's called, before, I don't know the business ins and outs. Uh, I think they're gonna not going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think they're going to be using doing the same thing they've done since they got in they're going to take it slow they're going to figure this shit out so that in a, a, a year maybe two years they will be you know knocking off top fives and top tens and what is it they say all the time when you listen to radio when you uh, listen to tv when you're knocking off top fives and tens eventually the wins are coming your way i didn't mean to write a bar but i did uh it uh it I think that's what we're going to see in the next couple of years. I think they're going to be up there fighting for top fives and, and tens, specifically with Michael McDowell, because they ain't never going to find somebody that good for that second car full time. Oh, I think you get for real. What, you think they're going to get Lane Riggs to knock off top fives and tens for that car? No. <laughs> Let him cook, Quill. Let him cook. Not, not Lane Riggs. Not Lane Riggs. I got a different guy from mine, and his name is Michael Miller. 
one of my friends wants to get in the NASCAR, and I think he's got the talent to take over. Well, I believe in your friend, too. <laughs> Man, I, JP just threw out a, a name that nobody knew but him. Yeah. Where is this Michael me. Miller from? Me. It's going to be me. You know? Ovendale, Des Moines, my area. I get to have to have some fun. No, but seriously, um, Matt Clapton needs to get a couple of before he mm. retires. Yeah, nah, I think I think I, I think, think he may be to. close to it. I don't think he's going to. Who? Who okay. you say? Matt Crafton. Matt Oh, no. He's too old. And he's been in the cup. Well, of Matt Crafton likes where, he, where he's at, man. Yeah, he's been in the Trunk Series. Yeah, he's like Justin Allgaier. He's, he's happy to be in the life for this. So if one of those two is going to retire, it's going to be Crafton first. <laughs> Matt Crafton drove for Kyle Busch like twice and didn't do all that hot, all that hot in that car. Do you, know who, wow. uh, do you know who's actually on the up and coming that I actually really like? Uh, now two weeks in, just because I've kind of made it a point to to pay attention more to trucks and Xfinity, and I, the guy who I'm starting to like and starting to watch as he's growing is Roger Caruth. Uh, so th- there's just something about that guy that draws me in, and I, I'm going to be excited to see where he ultimately ends up. Um, I was, I was racing with him on iRacing one night in a practice, like an open practice lobby. It was at Darlington. He was like stopped up against the wall. And by the time I saw him, I was like 175 tacked up against that wall. I had committed. I didn't, couldn't get out of the way. And I barreled into him like full speed. And he, he was the one that came over like the text chat and said, sorry, even though it was my fault. Huh? <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Tino. I was going to say, Raja Karuth, he really, really, really impressed me on Daytona. We watched him in the truck series. He had a chance to win it there. Honestly, I think he could have really stuck his nose and won it there, but I think he was just trying to play it, play it smooth and just take his second position, you know? You know, you live and you learn a little bit. Even if you come to second place one time, your time will come, you know what I'm saying? Just ride along. I'm telling you, give it. Roger Carruth, He's gonna be. He's he's gonna win a couple of races. I think very soon. Maybe, maybe not this year. But you know, he's got Hendrick underneath his belt. I think he's a, a rising star for sure. Um, yeah, and just to talk about that, that Daytona uh, spot, that actually shows the intelligence of the driver right there, knowing that. He probably could have forced his way in there, and it very well could have ended very badly. But he decided to uh, show maturity that not a lot of drivers in that race had and was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in my lane. I'm going to just guarantee that I get a, uh, a top five finish here. Well, whole uh, well he, he, he definitely stayed in a lane. He tried to get in that other lane. There, the problem was that other lane had a car in it, and he wrecked the entire fucking field down the backstretch. <laughs> so I don't. I th- I, I think he, he. I don't think he tried to play it that safe. 
but uh, it, so, it turned out well for him. As soon as Will said, I don't think there's going to be any more wrecks. I think we're clear. Wreck, wreck, wreck. No, for for real uh, though, um, I think uh, Raja will be a solid driver. Um, you know, he's got definitely a lot to learn. Um, and I I I don't know if you guys saw before we all got on here tonight, but uh, that seven one team does have um uh the uh four week sponsored. By Hendrick Motorsports, HendrickCards.com. I saw that earlier today, and why we were giving him pops, I thought it would be a good time to bring that up. Yeah, right. They're they're sponsoring the rest of the season for him, I think. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm talking shit and giving him shit. I I like him. I do. He's a cool kid. Obviously, Mister Hendrick. Twenty one. I'm saying, but I'm still saying kid. Mr. H, he finds something in him too. If he's gonna give him a full ride, uh, sponsor him for the rest of the season, you know, I take that yep. Hendrick car truck all day. That's a beautiful truck. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, last question on this topic. Um, uh, so obviously, you know, Penske is like the top Ford team, but there's another, <clears throat> what's considered top Ford team that hasn't been performing very well. Um, with, you know, front row moving up, what does the future hold for Stuart Haas racing? Jamie. Well, first and foremost, they got to find some speed somewhere. Like, I was uh, looking at an article and about Stuart Haas racing and we, we kind of hit on it before in the, the preseason pods and things like that. It's, it's, a, it's a year for Stuart Haas Racing that's going to present the most challenges because they don't have Kevin Harvick to hold it down for them. I think a lot of their vulnerabilities, a lot of the, their uh, lack of speed, lack of equipment was kind of hid under a rug because you had Kevin Harvick at the wheel of one of their cars and was showing them what a really good driver could do with at this point mediocre t- uh, equipment so they they got to figure something out or else their their future is going to look really really off for, for next year I don't know I got I just got a bad feeling about their that, that whole team uh, for this year what about you, Will? I think they need to cut two cars out of that organization and just run be a two car team. Uh, that'll cut two charters out. But I mean, at that point, maybe Dale Jr. will spend a couple pennies to buy one. Uh, but yeah, I think <laughs> I don't think there's any way to say it other than they suck. Uh, <laughs> they're not great. Uh, Kevin Hart, I don't even think Kevin Hart finished in the top 10 in points last year and he was the best car they had uh, but that's just because it was Kevin Harvick uh, and uh, I don't know what they I don't know what anybody really sees in Josh Berry to be honest uh, he won one race at Martinsville and made everybody really happy because he's this just this 
short track racer kid that went up and won a race in the big leagues driving for junior and now everybody thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, I'm flying. substitute driving for uh, Annette. Well, what was that sound? Uh, <laughs> somebody, it looked like somebody left and came back, but nobody went anywhere. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I can sugarcoat it in any way other than saying they suck. And they well, drop two cars. Well, I'm I'm going to jumping up with real here and say this: if they gonna get their crap together, they will have to suck their doors for years, completely. Oh. Well, I, I've got an opinion on it, and I'll save it till after everybody else goes. Uh, go ahead, uh, Ben. And we're talking about Stuart Haas. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what, is, what is the uh, unfortunately the future holds for them <laughs> after the whole front row alliance deal and all that stuff? Well, it all depends on how they how they perform. Talent wise, I think Briscoe is probably the best bet. Josh Berry's next. Custer and Gregson at their mid. But Barry okay. and Briscoe. Don't forget Ryan Priest. I was going to say Custer's not in the country oh, yeah. right now. Ryan Priest is down there. I didn't even see him. Yeah, Ryan Priest is good. Um, I mean, you can always put Priest, Briscoe, and Barry on a team and get rid of Gregson. I don't think you need four people on a team. But if they're going to join another team, who's on the? Are they joining the other team? Is that what's happening? Or are no. they just? No, no I think okay. the question is just what's what with. But with wait, what do you uh, think happens to them? Like if they don't pick up their performance with Fro yeah. becoming a top or possibly becoming a top team. I I, I think Greg's. I think it should turn into a three team instead of a four team. Yeah, I think Gregson's holding them down. I, I think Priest and Briscoe and Barry can hold it down, and I think Gregson's holding them. So... You've also only seen Gregson in the 10 car for two races. Three if he counts the uh, LA Coliseum. Did he, even, did he make the big show at the Coliseum? Yeah, he did, he did I, make the show. He was like three laps down by lap 20. Yeah. Just I mean, they can always bring up Riley Herbs, Herbs, or however you say his last name. Herbs. Yeah. I pronounce um, it Riley Herbs. Do we really need a third monster car out there in the Cup Series? <laughs> Get rid of his sponsor. Give him a new sponsor. <laughs> cool. um, there you go. Ryan, Ryan, do you have a, a thought? <laughs> Yeah, so what I see for uh, Stuart Haas's future is that if they can't pick up the performance with Ford, their best hope for viability as a true top team would be to potentially list for this mystery third or whatever. But um, 
being the catalyst for that, especially where Stuart Haas doesn't have deep ties to Ford the way that, say, a Roush did, does. Yes, sir. Well, what, what are your thoughts, sir? <clears throat> uh, I think uh, so for the question again, because I was listening to him, uh, Stuart Haas. What was the question about Stuart Haas? Um, <clears throat> what do you think the future holds for them um, since Front Row has become or is on the verge of becoming a top Ford team? Okay, yeah. Um, I think Stuart Haas racing, I mean, they got a really good chance of winning maybe a couple races this year. I think Noah Gregson's a good driver. Is he is he good enough to win a race? Maybe not. He's still got his could get his feet right a little bit. Uh I mean, Josh Berry, he he's a good driver, but I think he's more like just like a like uh he's uh consistent. Like he's consistent. And uh, you obviously got, you know, Chase Briscoe there. He can win a race. He's really good on the road courses. You never really know what can happen on the road courses at any time. Also, you got the super speedways. Any Anything can really happen. Fords are always really fast on super speedways. So, uh, I mean, a couple of wins, they can keep their nose. They can keep their nose above water, but... You know, it's really expensive to stay in this sport right now that, you know, even to, to go off topic a little bit, even Hendrick has said they haven't really had a, uh, haven't made much money over the years. So I'm saying like, if you're not winning races, you probably can't keep the doors open. And I think they could probably win a few races this year. So. Okay. All right. Well, my opinion, um, I am I am reverting back to week one. When we first uh, spoke about this. Um, if you guys recall, uh, this is the last year that Stuart Haas is under contract with Ford. I am still predicting in 2025 that Stuart Haas switches over to Chevy and Dale Jr. buys into the team and becomes a co-owner. And he gets Barry and Gregson back under his wing. And they go out and become a top Chevy team. And we finally get to see Dale Jr. as a quote-unquote owner in the Cup Series. I don't know if that would turn them into a top team, especially with how deep the Chevy ranks are. A very deep field to compete with a Chevy. RCR, well, Hendrick. Yeah, really you got RCR, Hendrick. Yeah, you got RCR, Hendrick. And I mean, really, let's be real. You also got Trackhouse. Let's be me? Yeah. 
let's no, let's let's be real for a second. We we all know that Cup Series is hard. So for and for a team to go and pick up Del Gilmer as a co-owner, there's going to be growing pains. I'm sorry to say, I don't think Gil Gilgan's the answer. If Gil Gilgan's the answer, he needs to buy a lotto ticket. <laughs> I think I, I understand what you're saying, but I also understand where Greg's coming from because two of the drivers currently racing for Stuart Haas race for Dale Jr. So that they have that relationship there. I see happening. I also just don't like this timeline because if Junior's going to get in cup, he needs to do it his, on his own, like with his own team and not pussyfoot around it and buy into another team. Oh, he's already gone on record and said that he's most likely not buying charters because they're going for like 40 to 45 million a piece right now. He said he, he, he thought about it, but at the same time, he didn't want to spend $90 million on two charters and then not perform. Way Shit, that he I, wanted them to perform. If that's what they're going for, let me go tell somebody I have a charter. <laughs> All right. Well, it could be one of the only uh, people to use, like get get promoted by Hendrick and use Hendrick Motors, maybe. No. Or they can go to Toyota. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, they could have shot. They they could shock the hell out of us. You know, he's never to drove a Toyota. Like, Come on. Like I don't want more competition. He would Jimmy never Johnson. drive a Toyota. Jimmy Johnson never drove a Toyota, and now he is. Well, that is damn weird, too. <laughs> that's kind of why I've suggested potentially branching out with a potential fourth manufacturer when and if it comes. Because all it's three manufacturers realistically now have plenty of plenty of depth at the project. Toyota being the lightest, but they now have what, nine full time? What is it? Eight, nine full-time cars? No, they're not. Yeah, I did hear about them um, running some uh, some uh, cut practice schedule uh, cut practices with the Kias. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> that would be horrible if they put Kia in the Cup Series. <laughs> oh, and Harrison Burton was in his number twenty-one Optima. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kia does have some. Uh, does have a nice car out right now, though. No, I don't. If if Kia did come into NASCAR, I don't think it'd be the Optima. I think it would be that. Like a Stinger. Yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I think. Nice. But but we all we all know what Kia stands for, right? It's no. just it's just killed like, in action. It's just killed like, in action. That's what's gonna happen every single my. race. Oh, then Ross needs to be driving. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they let's switch. Let's switch uh, some gears here. We're gonna go into green flags and black flags now for uh, Mr. Tino and for our new listeners. Uh, green flags and black flags. Um, green flags is something or some things that you did uh, enjoy over the race weekend. It could be from any of the series. And then Black Flags is the opposite stuff that you uh, didn't like. Um, starting with Jamie, what you got? So, Green Flag, 
without stating the obvious, I'm trying to find something that's not involving the finish of the race. Uh, again, I, I, I just like the overall product of the track and the drivers of which that they had uh, rostered up for this race. I think just from a talent level, once again, that uh, each driver has a, an exceptional amount of skill to be able to pull off a race that we had got from uh, Atlanta. So that would be my green flag. My black flag, I am, have been kind of holding on this one. So it's not from this weekend. My, my black flag, I'm throwing it on JP. How is that man going to fall asleep on a podcast and like, snoozing at the very end? Like, like we, we, we in the flow. Like, we having a great time. And all of a sudden, we just hear... <laughs> oh man so sorry jp but you are getting my first official black flag of the season oh man oh, okay. that's good all right will what you got man when you're done laughing over there when i can breathe <laughs> oh. my green flag my, my biggest green flag is because i'm biased uh the only driver to finish in the top 10 in both the first two races of the season was Bubba Wallace, and they were both top fives. Uh, so, yay. Uh, <laughs> my second much smaller, but also nice green flag is uh, that this is a good viral moment for the sport, is this finish. And, it, and the reason is it's my green flag, and it's not just me mentioning it once in the show, is because this is a viral moment that goes viral that fan new fans can actually come back and see not a viral moment yeah. going around Twitter because some melon man wrote around a wall that ended up <laughs> that a rule ended up taking that out. You can't do that anymore. So fans can't see that anymore. They can't come to the track and expect stuff like that. This kind of finish they can expect uh, six times a year uh, because we go to tracks like this six times a year, or I don't know, maybe they'll do something like this at Charlotte. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Uh, black flag. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, a sm even smaller green flag is Raja Karuth, uh, top tens in both the uh, first two races of the year. Good for him. Uh, I don't really know what a black flag would be. It was a really good race. I didn't, I didn't watch the other two races, though. Uh, I guess I'll just stay on my mild Austin Hill hate train and that he won again. <laughs> uh, Ben, what you got? I, mean, I would go with my green flags would be Suarez winning. Exciting finish. Um, Bubba Wallace doing good again. Um, black flags. Joey Logano with his penalty. Um, eh, what else would I think of for a black flag? Uh... Don't send me falling asleep again. No. <laughs> Do it. Brad Kozlowski hasn't been doing good. Uh, I think he's uh, something to look out for, uh, maybe on a decline. So uh, maybe a black flag for him. And maybe the maybe the Rex. The Rex kind of slowed the race down a little bit as well. But other so, than that... 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Were you done there? You're good. Go ahead. Um. So my black flag is of course forming it at gaming there. Um. For teasing me about falling asleep, but my real black flag has to be um the fact that you know everybody said this weekend was the great race and it was but I I tell you what NASCAR why didn't you follow a caution? I know it would have been in the middle of green flag pickups, but when you see cars wrecked on the apron there, uh, you guys probably know what I'm talking about. 34, Michael Mandel, I can't remember who else was involved. William Byron. Jesus, yeah. boy. William Byron. That Michael McDowell only lost, what, one lap off of that? So, I guess that would be my back from my green flag is that finish was fun to see. I'm happy for Daniel Swords. And my second green flag has to go to Walter Karuf. That kid is really improving as a driver and I expect him to do some big things now that they're not worried about sponsorship of that number 71 hook, Spire Motorsport Entry. Alright. Um, Ryan, what are yours? Alright, so I think my green flag should be a pretty obvious one, but Mike McDowell on the pole position. And my black flag is that Mike McDowell did not choose to make it a front row motorsports one to start when Logano got handed the penalty. Come on, the front row joke was right there. But, uh, yeah, no, in, in all seriousness, McDowell on the pole, definitely one of my biggest green flags of the uh, weekend, along with obviously the finish that everybody's talked about up to this point. I think my black flag has got to be something related to that Xfinity race, because how on earth they were able to go, what, the expected fuel range was, what, 70 to 75 laps? They went 85 laps. Well, Austin Hill went 85 laps. The rest of them didn't. But, uh, yeah, they were able to go further than, about 10 laps further than any um, estimation, so... I don't know what needs to be changed to try and avoid that kind of fuel mileage fest at and at some of these tracks where they can make 10 miles longer because no one was trying to pass the entire Chandy race. So I have two more things to add because I was looking some things up. Um, Brad Kozlowski to add on to him. He's the only driver who has failed to finish both races this season. And he's also winless in his last 100 cup starts. Um, now, on to the Wood Brothers. Do you know how many races they have gone without having a top 10 result? I want to say it dates back to the Matt DiBenedetto days. No, 2021 Indy. Uh, all the rookies got a top 5 that day. Harrison Burton was part of that. It's been 17 races. 
Wow. That's that's a while. They need to start getting their asses in gear. Yep. Uh, what about yeah. you, Mr. Tino? Well, my green flags, uh, I think it's going to be just, you know, I had, I had a major point here. So I think I'll go to my red flag first. It's going to be definitely Chase Elliott finishing 15th. Oh, my goodness. That's just, just not what I expected from him <laughs> this weekend, you know. Um, well, he, he did get wrecked twice, too. So Yeah. So yeah. my green flag, I would say, is probably just NASCAR in general. Like, they, they, they built this car. <laughs> To come with come with the spectacular finish like this, where we can see side by side racing, and, and and this is what they expected out of this car, and I think NASCAR got a big big win, a big big green flag for me. That think that's what I want to say for the green flag this week, honestly. Hell of race! I mean, yeah, the racing was great. I agree with that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I have a few. Uh, my green flags are, um, you know, obviously overstating the obvious here, the finish of the race. It was absolutely incredible to witness that in person. Um, the, the racing throughout the whole race was fantastic. Um, but some other ones, um, the weather was fantastic all weekend. Um, it was sunny and warm both days. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, and on Sunday, the fans absolutely showed up and showed out. That was the most packed I've seen Atlanta in years on Sunday. Like, we, me and my son didn't hardly have any breathing room whatsoever. It, we were packed in there like sardines. Um, my black flags have to go to the... Uh, 41 and the 10 car for having their roof rail deflectors penalized and they received a massive L1 penalty because of it. Uh, they were docked 35 points apiece, which puts Priest at zero points and puts Gregson at negative six points. Um, another one is Ooh. obviously the, the, the Joey Logano deal for the blatant, blatant cheating or qualifying. And um, my other black flag has to go to the truck and Xfinity Series races on Saturday. Just single file racing, nobody's passing, and how in the hell does three quarters of the Xfinity Series field run out of gas on the final restart? And you had Jesse Love, who led 157 of 169 laps and not come away with the, the win. I'll say one of my green flags is Danny, Denny Hamlin surviving. I don't know how the hell his car survived all that. <laughs> he, yeah. pulled the, he, he pulled the trifecta. He said he, he wrecked in every single stage in Sunday's yeah, race. He did. And then, and, and, oh, I, I have one more, one more green flag in Denny Hamlin. If you ever happen to listen to this podcast, no, Please know that I am giving you a green flag for this. He gave us a yellow flag because he pissed in his car for the very first time in his career. (laughs) (laughs) There's a rookie number. Real quick, I can just jump in on the Jesse Love uh, quote there and the stat that you pulled up about him leading 
Vegas. I was reading a stat here. Truex has gone 15 consecutive races without a top 10 finish. Truex also has the longest streak of top 10 finishes at Las Vegas with seven. Do you think he's going to get a uh, top 10 or a top five at Las Vegas? Um, for me, no. I say yes. I have. Okay. I think Will Bad Time is caught up, and I don't think he is. I don't know. <laughs> well, that that's that's a um, actually a fantastic segue into our final topic of Las Vegas is this weekend, boys. We're going gambling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And just to give a scratch yeah. on that last topic, uh, Martin Truex Jr. got a. Seventh place place finish in this race last year. Who got fourth? Read that. Yeah. Fourth yeah, place was um, was was not Bubba Wallace. It was definitely not Bubba Wallace. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Longest streak. Don't you fuck with me. I race <laughs> Yeah, Bubba Wallace got fourth place. So, uh, but that Bubba, I'm going to Vegas, baby. Let's go roll some dice this weekend. Who we got? Who we got? Hey. That interstate batteries uh, car looks great. I can tell you that. Yep. Yeah, it does. So, um, Name every time they know start, not to change it. Starting with Jamie, real quick. Um, this is the first on Speedway race of the season. What do you think we can expect um, based on <coughs> the last couple years with the next gen car? Um, I mean, it. Last year was kind of like an anomaly year because everyone was still trying to learn the cars. I think now having more time in their belt, more understanding of the equipment, and yes, yes, we got new body builds for both Toyota and Ford. Um, that always presents challenges, but I don't know. I, I like the I, the past couple races. Granted, they've been uh, like super speedway as dri- uh, driving. It, the the product has been really good, so I I got nothing bad to say about Vegas. I I like the track. I think the racing there has always been great. Uh, I'm just excited to see uh, what what it turns out to be. Um, Will. Phone up. Uh, I think this car works really well for these kind of tracks because of the uh, the reduced uh, dirty air, so it people can race closer for longer. Uh, I I still think it'll it'll be it'll be a fun hour and a half race that doesn't involve restrictor plates. What about you, Ben? 
I'm looking forward to it. My bold prediction is Kyle Bush is going to get his first win there. Fuck you, Kyle Bush. I still hate you. <laughs> uh, Tino, what you think, man? <clears throat> All right, guys. I uh, I think Las Vegas is going to be an interesting race. We're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on on the racetrack that maybe even Fox might not be able to cover again. You know. Uh, <laughs> they'll just zoom in. I think <laughs> they'll just. That's actually in. my my official black flag, by the way, Greg. I just had so much fun poking some fun at JP, but that that's that was my major black flag for Atlanta is just the lack of coverage because there was a ton of stuff going on at Atlanta that we just did not get to see on TV. You still wait, JP? Of course, Dale, of course. Yeah, Dale, Dale Jr. said the same thing. <laughs> But uh, just reading a little bit on the Las Vegas odds, you know, you're in Vegas, you got to read the odds, you know, because anyway, uh, they got a 60 to one shot, uh, long shot on Kyle Larson to win. Or, or I'm sorry, Kyle Larson is Kyle Larson is a 21 to five favorite. My apologies. Uh, and Larson. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, Kyle Larson, I guess, is your money shot for that race. Money shot, uh, Venus. Yes, sir. <laughs> and well, uh, I mean, I just think it's going to be an interesting race, and uh, I look forward to watching it, man. Yeah. Well, hey, based on odds, of... Tino, since you're looking at that, based on odds, who would you say is the sleeper pick? Okay, so a sleeper pick. Uh, well, with Ty Gibbs. You got Michael McDowell at a hundred to one. So if you put, you know, obviously that's a that's a crazy pick. But uh, a sleeper pick. Let's see, uh, somebody who can just come out of nowhere and just win the race. Obviously, Kyle Busch. We're talking about Kyle Busch. Maybe Tyler Reddick in the forty-five car. Uh, Ty Gibbs. Why? I'm not going to say Ty Gibbs. I don't. Like, I wouldn't say Ty Gibbs. What's, for his, sure. what's his? Uh, what's his anyway? What's his? Ty Gibbs is 25 to 1. The lowest being J.J. Yelly at 5,000 to 1. <laughs> There's five, your sleeper pick 5, right 000 there. 5,000 to 1? Yeah. They yeah, got there Christopher you go. Bell. Put yeah, a $10 dollar bet on him. Christopher Bell and William Byron are the lowest odds. Uh, like, like, pretty much like... You would win money if they won, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the race, man. I'm, you know, excited to see him go roll the dice this weekend. Well, see where speaking, we speaking of odds and rolling the dice, we are going to move into our race picks now. With this being Vegas, we decided to do something a little bit different this week. Uh, Mr. Jamie has created a wheel. Um. With all the drivers' numbers on it, and um, each person, we they will get a spin, and whatever number that that land, wheel lands on, that is their pick. Now we did have some spins earlier today. Um, I can say that Ryan won with uh, Atlanta with his Ryan Blaney pick this past weekend, so he is the current points leader right now. But Ben is not too far behind. Um, but Ryan had his spin already, and he spun Christopher Bell. Uh, 
my buddy Brandon spun Corey LaJoy, and my wife Ashley spun Denny Hamlin. So, Damie, whenever you are ready, let's get a spin for Ben. Please, right, here we go. Please, no Burton. That's all I ask. Burton. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You got Martin Truex Jr. Nice. Uh, he better MT. get top five. Top MT. It almost looked like you were getting Harrison Burton. <laughs> All right. It almost miracle order. Now, now let's get a spin for me. Bloop. Drum roll, Survey please. Says. Eric Jones. Eric Jones. Okay. So if Will Ooh. gets Bubba Wallace, then it's rigged. <laughs> no, All I'm right. Kidding. Mr. Denny Rumble, who is not here tonight. Boop. If it lands on the same Bubba. driver, you have he's to get it Bubba. again. Ooh, he got Kyle Larson. Oh, he's going to be happy with that pick. He's going to fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now let's go to Will. Bubba Wallace. Lagana. The number 16. Is that, uh, is that AJ? Derek Krause. I got Derek Krause, baby. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is, that, uh, is that AJ or Jamie? No, it's Derek Krause. I was thinking Allmendinger, but Derek Krause. Oh, I guess Allmendinger uh, is Krause is like mid, right? <laughs> I, don't I guess. Fucking, I don't know it's, who it is. It's Dave. It's his debut, I think, this weekend. Oh, it's his so debut, so he's going to DNF. Oh, it, re it really is there. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. I thought you guys were, like, messing. No. All right. Jamie, spin for yourself, sir. Boop. Oh, Keselowski. I'm just kidding. You got Cedric. Uh, awesome, Cedric. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> oh, can't do that Gone. one because that's right in fact. Oh, yep. It should be a way where it should eliminate the numbers. If I was doing it on my phone, I would be able to eliminate them, but I did this uh -huh. way just so everyone could look. Oh, Ty Gibbs. Uh, that's mm. not bad. What exactly are they being done if not your phone? Well, I'm using my phone for the Discord, and I can't share All a right. screen. All right. Uh, Brett is next. Oh, he can't what? get Jones. He's so sad. Really? Who was it? JJ Yaley in the forty-four. Mister okay. Mister Mister Plus uh, five thousand. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, and the last money. spin is for JP. I'll give it to my good. I'm gonna give you the seven. I Let's give you Haley Deegan. Haley Deegan. That's well, don't get to a thing because you can't get Kyle Larson. Name a check. And, that, and that's who he picked originally before we decided to do this idea. 
Uh, Dylan. Austin Dillon. Uh, that's not good either. He's not doing hot. <laughs> <laughs> this, this should be interesting this weekend. All right, let, let's just throw one in there for uh, for our guest yeah. uh, for this week, Valentino yeah, Fabio. Let's throw in one for Tino. Let, let's let's throw one one time for him. He can keep doing it if he wants, and we can just add him on. Maybe he can nope. catch up. Never know. Yeah. The 38. Is that, is that Toddy uh, G? What's, yeah, Todd. Uh, Todd Gillen. Run, running with front row. That's the tallest, that's the tallest driver in NASCAR. Easy. <laughs> he is the tallest that's... driver in NASCAR. Welcome back. All right. Well, well, we, we just turned the phone around now. and it wasn't Jamie. It was like oh. somebody we didn't even know. <laughs> All right, well, gentlemen, it's been a great episode tonight. Uh, Tino, want to thank you guys. Thank you for uh, coming in. Um, as always, I uh, want to thank our sponsors: uh, Fanatics, uh, Bulletproof Coffee, W Energy, uh, Doctor Squatch, Duke Cannon. Uh, you guys are awesome. Um, forget to click on the links in our podcast description to get uh, products. Um, and all that good stuff, but um, yep, don't forget uh, Alkali Project, Blood World. Uh, you can listen to it on any any aspect that you can listen to music, uh, Spotify, I, uh, iTunes, uh, Pandora. You can you can find them everywhere. Fucking buy these, please. Invaded <laughs> 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 my house. Yeah, you gotta get a pest. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been awesome hanging out with you guys, talking about some uh, what's going on with NASCAR, and I hope I can come back sometime soon. You are welcome yeah. back anytime, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. I you appreciate will. that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yep. But, uh, gentlemen, look forward to Las Vegas this weekend and see who rolls the dice. And um, good night, and we will see you guys next Wednesday. All right, see you guys. Deuces. 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 See you later. Deuces. Deuces.